Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes weekly, no, we're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. We are sometimes weekly, but we're not meant to be weekly. Anyway, I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. It was a How slick intro. It's <laughs> yeah. 270 it's... worth of episodes showing, <laughs> showing their worth right there. <laughs> Evening recording. I'm too relaxed. Yes. Frequent problem. Yeah. Just bumbling my way through. So, yeah. How are things? How are things? Doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as always in Britain, winter, um, not winter, autumn just seems to have hit basically overnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and suddenly it's freezing cold. Yeah. After yeah. being really warm a few weeks ago. But yeah, no, no, it, it, everything's everything's going well, I think. How about yourself? Yeah, the same. We're recording this before the Scarlet Keys is out. Yeah, so there's yeah. that feeling of sort of expectation on the horizon. And the same actually with the weather suddenly getting colder. I really just want to be uh, there with a mug of cocoa and my cards playing some scenarios. So I'm really excited yeah, about we, it. But, and, and actually, you'll see when the topic comes, we're in a weird limbo here because we're going to talk about sort of new cards, but... We don't. We're not going to talk about anything that's coming in the box that we don't know already. <laughs> we're in a weird limbo between sort of two Arkham periods, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. the, we've had all these this huge mountain of teasers, but we're still a little, a few days away from the actual box or the fox. We can the box see being the summit, yeah. but we haven't reached it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully that doesn't invalidate everything we're about to say in this episode. Hopefully, yeah. What we're so talking been... about? What we're talking about? Oh, what we're teasing what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, the juicy. So dangler. we decided to sit down and actually play with a couple of the investigators from the Scarlet Keys. Both of them have been fully previewed by uh, different places. So I was deciding to pilot Kaimani Jones, the security consultant, and Peter. You were piloting Daryl Simmons, the photographer. Yes, and yes. we thought we'd just jump in, record a little bit about what our experience was like to share with you, the listener. And hopefully this will tide you over when Scarlet Keys drops. You can see some of our immediate impressions, but this is definitely a first impressions episode rather than a, I don't know, final impressions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a little bit about what it's like playing an investigator brand new. I think we have done an episode. It wasn't mm-hmm. too long ago mm-hmm. we did an episode on deck building, didn't we? Mm-hmm. About Charlie, right? We got excited about Charlie oh, and approached that's right. Charlie. Yes, we did. And this is a little bit like that, but with different investigators. And we actually have some experience of playing them this time, so that's a bit different. I've been pitching to you behind the scenes different ways of just approaching playing the game as well in terms of when we get the massive drop of cards, how do you go about just deciding what to play and get going with it? And watch this space, listener, because there might be other things that I do in that regard for you to enjoy. But yeah, we decided very short notice, do you want to have a game tonight? And I think you said that you would play Daryl. So I said, well, why don't I play Kaimani and we'll just we'll play a random scenario and see how we get on. And that's how it all started. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I I think both the investigators we played, it, it wasn't like they were totally unique. I think Kaimani in particular is unusual, but I think they had, I don't know, I, I, I messaged you the day after we played 
like hot take time, all of the new investigators have an unusual economy or an additional resource they play along uh, alongside the rest of the resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was really a feeling when I played Daryl that he had that with the evidence. Mm-hmm. Felt like an, yeah. like I was managing another economy alongside my regular economy. And I think like watching you play Kaimani as well, I think that was sort of the same with them. There was you were doing unusual things with enemies and and the event cards in your hand and things like that. Yeah, yeah. On both sides of the table, it felt like there was more going on for the other investigator than I could just pass immediately on looking. Mm -hmm. There were enough kind of cogs whirring that it felt like... It didn't feel like I was sitting there going, well, look, Peter, here's the best line of play for your investigator, because there were too many things I didn't know about yeah to handle and then it felt like it was the same back you were like are you going to deal with those enemies and i i would say yeah i am and actually you wouldn't necessarily know how i was going to do it yeah, because yeah, i yeah. had so many different tools and and tricks and things that i could pull out of my bag to to do that on several occasions i, I said to you do you, do you hand dealing with all those enemies i can probably pull some stuff together and you'd be like no 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 it's fine and just deciding what the best order to do it in is. <laughs> I've got, you know, yeah. I've got plenty of tools to get rid of enemies in my hand. It's just deciding which ones are the right ones to go with. Yeah, how efficiently can I do this? Yeah, I said to you as we were playing, this is a, a podcast first. Somehow I've ended up in the role of the enemy manager yet again, and podcast listeners will know I have a bad track record when we play <laughs> together. And yeah, podcast first. <laughs> there was a moment where I was pausing, and I said to you, "I'm pausing." Not because I'm struggling and pausing because it feels so great to feel yeah. like I have so many options. Absolutely, yeah. So part of that is Kamani themselves. They have this ability on them. Well, they have two abilities. They have a free trigger, engage an exhausted enemy at your location. Important word there, exhausted enemy at your location. Oh, man. And I then... got, this was like trick all over again. I got that wrong every <laughs> single time. <laughs> and then they have a reaction ability when you attempt to... An ev- evade an exhausted non-elite enemy add your intellect to your skill value for this attempt if you succeed by at least x discard that enemy x is that enemy's remaining health so kaimani can evade enemies and then engage exhausted enemies and evade exhausted enemies and if kaimani passes by more than their health having added their intellect to the test they discard the enemy so they have a printed enemy solution it's a two action solution really because you need an evade before you can start evading an exhausted enemy normally speaking although again it's not really the purpose of this episode but one thing i really want to explore is what options are there available to kaimani so that they can exhaust enemies i guess out of sequence and you actually said at the end maybe i should have been running stray cat and daryl yeah yeah yeah. just a quick auto evade and suddenly that's another target for kaimani before we get too far into the details i definitely feel Mm -hmm. like some of the tools you are playing like the cigarette case and pickpocketing allowed so it smoothed out the impact of that double action Mm -hmm. enemy Mm -hmm. solution I mean, if you've got a three health enemy, two actions to get rid of them, it's it's not like tip top, but it's it's good. Mm-hmm. And if those two actions also draw you a couple of cards and gain you some resources, then mm-hmm. it becomes mm-hmm. it becomes pretty slick. And actually, once you start pumping up their stats, and in fact, well, I will come on to talk about that stats. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, should we, should we take a step back? We sort of dived into a bit of detail. Should we just take a mm-hmm. step back? as to how we formulated the decks for the two investigators. 
Mm. Do, yeah. do you want to go first, or, or sh- should I? I I'm happy I'll go first, because I think mine is simpler than yours. So I've already described what Kaimani does. I decided to run a Chuck Fergus Kaimani Jones. So Chuck Fergus turns your tactics and tricks fast, reduces the cost, or gives you plus two. You get to pick two of those. And I thought, okay, there's recurrable tactics and tricks in Rogue. Kaimani has agility five. I'll just add as well, when we did the deck building, we've only deck built with cards that are have been officially teased as well. Mm, so yes. I know yes. there's there's videos of the, the cards floating around from people who've got them and by the time this episode comes out, we might not we might know the entire box. Or everyone might know the entire box. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to just cast your mind back to where we were a couple of weeks ago, uh, when we only had a subset of the Scarlet Keys cards available to us. Mm. This is like your uh, preview season disclaimer, isn't it, Peter? It's disclaimer mark two. Yeah. <laughs> it's improved disclaimer. Yeah. Something that I quite enjoyed about diving in like this, just as a little tangent, is that because we didn't know all of the cards, I didn't feel any pressure that I should be playing the new hotness. Mm. I was playing Kaimani already. They are the new hotness. And then I was thinking, well, what can I put in this investigator rather than thinking, well, I need to include all of these cards from the Scarlet Keys. And that was quite nice as a way of just dipping my toe without feeling overwhelmed. It did a bit of like sketching the negative space, really. When you deck built with the cards we had available, you could see the holes. When I was actually mm. building decks I could and playing with them, I could see the holes where potentially the cards in this set might slot in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a bit and you know will either be vindicated or, or ridiculed <laughs> when, the, when, the, when the full cards are available just another day recording drawn <laughs> to the flame so do you want to pick us up back where you were just talking about the Kaimani deck you built yeah so I went almost with the classic Winifred Habermock Chuck Fergus tricks and tactics you've already mentioned pickpocketing and lucky cigarette case Chuck was my ally and then lots of the higher level tactics and tricks in Rogue have those abilities where if you succeed by a certain amount, they recur. And the other thing that's very useful about running Chuck with them is that you can play some of them fast. So that thing you described about taking two actions to clear out an enemy, if I'm also playing a backstab fast for one cost, that gives me another way of kind of packing actions back into my turn to deal with enemies. And the deck was purely enemy management. So between Kaimani's ability and then more damage events, it was meant to be all all enemy management, although I did sneak in a cheeky breaking and entering as well because yeah. it's another way of getting an evade and it also is clues. That was, yeah, it, that, that, that proved its worth, I think, in the game. Mm, yeah, yeah, it was, it was very enjoyable. So that was sort of the headline for me. I think your Daryl deck probably requires a bit more explanation so maybe maybe we Oof, dive over to yours like I've been insulted there I don't know <laughs> no 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 it's more more elaborate well it, there was I mean I think there's a couple of themes going on so just to remind folks how Daryl works he, he starts the game with his Kodak in play which is a, a camera mm-hmm. he can spend evidence from assets he, he controls to reduce the difficulty of a test happening at his location by two and okay. uh, yeah, he's got like a, a fair. He's got a fairly low stat line, so two willpower on combat, three agility, but it's five intellect, which is very beefy indeed. And mm. the way the Kodak works, 
is that when an enemy or treachery enters play, so we're looking at the treacheries that attach to things or go into your threat area, or enemies, obviously, you put a, res- a resource from the token pool onto it, and then when you find a clue at the location uh, where that uh, treachery is, or it, you know anywhere, if it's not attached to a location, mm-hmm. or at a location, you can move that resource from the treachery onto the Kodak as evidence. Every treachery you draw that sticks in play is is a potential like free unexpected courage, although slightly better than unexpected courage because it's a minus two shroud, a minus two mm. difficulty rather than a, a plus two skill. Importantly, the Kodak doesn't have any way of spending the evidence. No, they, they, it's yeah. just like an evidence bank. Yes, but of course, Daryl has this fantastic way of spending evidence, which is, as you say, the better unexpected courage. I went into two themes at the same time. First of all, there was a there was a number of difficulty reducing cards I used, and mm. I mm. didn't focus as much on uh, stat boosters or skill cards mm-hmm. because I knew that I could just reduce the difficulty down enough. I did put some in there, but not too many. And then I also put in because we've seen research notes teased, mm. which is a way a reliable way of of gaining evidence. That triggers when you drop clues. I also picked up quite a few drop clue type cards as well, which I think will be a real Daryl. It just seems to work well with Daryl's Daryl's available cards. And the nickname for that style of dropping clues is Butterfingers. Yeah. (laughs) And I just think that's so evocative to be a clue finder who keeps picking them up and then dropping them again and then picking them up and dropping again. It's just lovely. I picked... So we've got the Hawkeye folding camera, which gets you clues every time you get the last clue off a location. Sorry, mm. well, once per location. And research notes, which gets an evidence every time you drop a clue, but gets as much mm. evidence as you've dropped clues. Mm-hmm. And then you can take a zero difficulty intellect test. And for every point you pass by, you can spend an evidence from research notes to pick up clues, that that many clues. So you can kind of... I said at one point, it's all a bit underpants gnomes. So I would stand in a location, drop all my clues to pass a bunch of tests, and then pick up all the clues that just dropped again and be like, oh, look at all this evidence I've got now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I hadn't actually done anything useful <laughs> except for generate a little <laughs> evidence. But yeah. Lots of really nice pictures. How, Peter, a listener might be shouting, were you able to drop all of these clues? Well, I had, I used William Mallison who serves kind of a double double usefulness here in that he drops clues, but the effect you get when you drop clues using Malison is that you can redraw an encounter card. Mm-hmm. So I could drop I could I could ditch, say, willpower treacheries or or treacheries with revelation effects that go in the discard afterwards. I could mm-hmm. ditch them in the hopes of picking up enemies or Treacheries that could pass the test more easily or that attach to locations. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately yeah. I, I used him a good chunk of the game. Felt like every turn. It did feel like every turn. Mm. I also ran two quick studies, which were fine, but I, that's one of the spaces. I, I, I don't know. I think it is, it's, it's, it's a good card, mm-hmm. but I think that might be replaced by something coming in the, in the set. Felt like it. Okay. The mm-hmm. the improval to skills didn't feel as useful as reducing difficulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's this really fascinating tension for Daryl between ways to boost skill but ways to reduce difficulty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
I did use winging it and improvised weapon for some uh, Im- improv um, kind mm-hmm. of support there. The winging in it was really good, actually. Really enjoyed that. Quick learner. I had two quick learners in there as well, mm-hmm. which were good, but I suspect, again, quick learner definitely feels like it's, it's good with Daryl, but some ways to extend his turn beyond the, the, the regular number of actions he's got. Mm-hmm. That feels like it would be good with Quick Learner. Yes. You're experiencing that thing of having seen it be brilliant in, in Stella. Stella. Exactly. I mean, it was still good because I put, I put Take Heart and Drawing Thin in, in the deck as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, at one point, I used Drawing Thin to increase the difficulty by two, and that increased it to one. Yes, it was at mi- it, so it, it, it was at minus one before I used drawing thin, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah. I can probably handle this because it's an intellect test, and I'm, I've got yeah. six, six yeah. stats. Interestingly, that the, the Hawkeye folding camera felt very much like it. I didn't need it for the stats as much, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but getting, I did, I did do the trick where I dropped. So <laughs> later on in the game, there was a great situation where I drew an enemy, but it was a big enemy. I didn't want it, so I used Malison to discard the enemy mm-hmm. but shuffle it back drew, drew the same enemy again <laughs> so he went at my location with the um with the with the resource on it for a bit of evidence and i dropped the clue on the location which puts an evidence on research notes and then i played working a hunch from my hand to get the clue off the location and then the evidence off the enemy that was now at my location and because this was a zero sh- a zero clue location and i just dropped the clue then picked it back up I put another evidence onto Hawkeye folding camera. Mm-hmm. So it was like three evidence gained without spending an action. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just, you know, you can spend an evidence at that point to, to take, I think it was three evade. So it was then three on one evade by yeah. spending the evidence. And, you know, mm. just the way you go from that point. Yeah, that's going to be the way that Daryl really powers up and kicks off, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The one-to-one ratio of see an enemy, put an evidence on it from the Kodak and then get that evidence later when you get a clue is okay. Mm. But where you want it to really kick off is exactly as you've described. And I interrupted you earlier, but you you also were trying captivating discovery. Yeah, I, and I think that, that's fine. What I, I, I think is interesting about Daryl is that he could lean into the curse cards on the Seeker side because mm-hmm. just by lowering the tests, the difficulty of tests to zero... Like he can stack up as many curses as he wants at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that you've got uh, one character who's not revealing tokens, putting all the curse in the bag. Daryl's just pulling those tokens and he doesn't care what they say. Yeah. I mentioned, I think, on our Vincent reveal about, gosh, I always forget the name of this card though. Is it Alternative Hypothesis? It's the one of the Seeker customizables and it has yeah. two conditions on it, which are fail a test by amount or succeed by an amount mm-hmm. and there's something about daryl's wonky stat line that makes me think he might get some mileage out of it particularly as you were doing with quick learner where the start of your turn tests were very difficult and you were boosting them higher with drawing thin and then by the end of your turn some of your evidence play was more or less superfluous because you dropped the difficulty so low anyway yeah so yeah, yeah it was a really interesting mixture yeah, so, so I, I I had a lot of fun playing him. The evidence swapping around felt really good. As I say, I, I, I don't know, I hope there's some tools coming for kind of extending your turn to make better use of Quick Learner. 
and that would be really good to see whether that's additional actions or it's it's some other nonsense you can do i don't know that would be really nice to see um to make better learn use of quick learner and i think it just turns barrel into like a super slick engine i was Mm. running winging it and also improvised weapon but i think we both sort of picked up it wasn't great because there wasn't a there wasn't a good way of getting them into your discard beyond playing them yeah um, and short supply, yeah. And short supply. So you could run in with something like cornered, but then cornered mm. seems you run quick study rather than cornered. Having them both doesn't seem like it really works that well. Mm. Um, and mm. actually, just plus two skills, plus two skill value doesn't syn- like it doesn't doesn't um, synergize with anything else on him. I don't know. It just it that felt like. And weirdly, we've seen in the cards we've seen tease, we've seen quite a bit of kind of. There's um, what's it called? It's not scavenging. What's the the get your there's a there's a card that gets assets back. I'm sure. Oh yes, it's called um, salvage. Salvage. Oh, how do they? No wonder I couldn't remember it. We've got a card called scavenging. <laughs> there's that. There's improvised shield as well. Yeah, and there's idol of Xanatos, which yeah. Is another way of discarding cards, but so they feel like they're for an investigator that isn't Daryl. <laughs> I would say. Um, I mean, you, I think you could do like a, a, a an item build with Daryl. Um, people used to do that in Min, didn't they? Where they would play scavenging and then commit the rabbit's foot every yeah. test and then pull it back to hand every test. Yeah, yeah. Daryl sort of does that just in build, just by spending the evidence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were exploring these investigators with this, the intention to experiment and try things out. Mm. And somewhere in there, there's maybe maybe it's two separate decks, or maybe it's just that these two ideas need a final piece to fit them together. But the skill, the difficulty reduction, and the skill boosting are all kind of alongside each other. And then also the clue dropping for boosts, but also for evidence, definitely feeds into it. So it was all. It, I think it worked really well. The deck was strong. What well, I was about to say. What what did, was your perception of sitting opposite it? Because I, it I mean, I, really I, I mentioned briefly like how it looked to see Kaimani in action that never looked like. Mm. Well, first of all, that like, I kept on forgetting that the enemies had to be exhausted for you to use your ability on them. But it it really felt like you just had a real handful of nonsense <laughs> i mean part yeah. of that is 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 the build you went with rather than kaim kaimani themselves mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so i i don't know yeah it it, it yeah. was good you know it, it it definitely felt like you could deal with the enemies without needing anything else there out in front of you mm. that was traditional enemy tech <laughs> you didn't need a gun you didn't need like a knife or anything it was just just okay cool well i'll play this i'll get a clue and then boom that enemy's gone Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly as you were adding evidence to enemies, you didn't want them removed <laughs> immediately. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a nice thing that Let because me take a picture first. Yeah, my primary way of dealing with them is exhausting them. We had this really nice decision of Daryl saying, "Can you get? Can you deal with this enemy?" And Kamani saying, "Yeah, I can, but not right now." It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I can wait. So, what was your what was your impression then of, of being opposite Daryl? I felt like your Daryl deck was very strong. It looked really powerful. That felt. I mean, I think f- five intellect means we're not going to be worrying about clues. Mm-hmm. And it felt like once the engine was rolling, 
I think you said it during the fear with with Butterfingers is you drop a load of clues and you actually just make work for yourself. Mm-hmm. But it was propelling you forward enough, and I think it was propelling you forward quite strongly, that then the actions you spent picking clues back up didn't feel wasted because you were making so much progress or you were doing other things. The scenario we were playing, it came to a point where there was a quite high difficulty test. I think it was difficulty six. Yeah. And you just laughed at that and were like, yeah, okay, yeah. evidence, <laughs> fine. Like, yeah, I could drop a clue. And similarly, when we came to finish, it was spending clues <laughs> and you already had all the clues. Yeah. So that suggests that the Butterfingers well, thing wasn't hampering us. I, I didn't have all the clues, but what happened was <laughs> I, I moved into the last location and I had four evidence on research notes. So I just spent yeah. a single action, smashed the test and picked up, spent the four evidence to pick up four clues all in one action. That's what I meant. You had ways of getting, getting did, yeah, the clues. Yeah, virtual yeah. clues. I had a lot of notes on, on how to do what we needed to do. <laughs> and I turned yeah. up and I mansplained. <laughs> well, it's, the other yeah. thing that was fantastic opposite Daryl is you pulled the elder sign a couple of times. Well, yeah. Daryl's... Was... <laughs> Go on. No, no, I was going to say, we both had great <laughs> great Elder Sign experiences, but yours was more fun, so I'll go first. So <laughs> I pulled the Elder Sign, I think once or twice. I think, I think I pulled twice. It twice. Yeah. And I was like, oh, bro. And I, I put the evidence on the Kodak, and I was like, oh, bro, that's a free a free minus two. And you said, isn't it any asset? And I was like, is it? <laughs> looked at it. It is, it's any asset. So that could go, I think one time I put it on research notes, and it's just like, well, that's a free clue. Yeah. Uh, put yeah. the other sign, free clue. And then I think the other time I put it on the camera to get a stat boost. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, which was which was great. Yeah. But that that felt really, really good. To the extent where I thought that you could do, use Eucatastrophe quite well in Daryl. Anyone who's mm. got like a super slick Elder Sign effect, especially with someone who plays around with difficulty and test values the yes. way Daryl yeah. does. I thought you could also, so not everyone has an Elder Sign effect which will let them succeed at a high difficulty test. Mm. Eucatastrophe is very, it's 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 appealing in Mateo, right? It's, it's blessed? I want to say it's blessed. Yes, it so is. Mateo yeah, yeah. can take it. And his Elder Sign effect is an, is an auto-succeed. Mm-hmm. Preston uh, has like an auto-succeed one, but you've got to pay two. And is, is Eucatastrophe 3 XP, level 3? It is, yeah. So yeah. he can't take that anyway. But Daryl's in a weird place, because what Daryl can do is he could he could drop the difficulty for test to zero, pull a token which still passes the test, but also drops his stat to zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he could, you know, you could drop the difficulty for test to zero. His He could pull a minus four, his stat's at zero. And then, boom, you've got the elder sign so you still pass but also mm-hmm. you've passed with the elder sign mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and there's yeah, some other stuff you could value. do yeah you could do there's other stuff you could do with that i think which is which is really is really nice as you point out with research notes just the fact that evidence in daryl isn't only minus two difficulties it could be other things as well immediately opens up the possibility of that elder sign and it's great that his elder sign doesn't say place one evidence on the kodak because then it would only ever be a minus two. Yeah. It, it gives you all of that flexibility. Yeah. So the Kaimani... I was going to say what happened with Kaimani. <laughs> Kaimani's Elder Sign is plus one. If there's an exhausted enemy at your location, you auto-succeed instead. And on one of the many turns when I was tangling with multiple enemies, I evaded one, and then I tried to deal with another, 
and drew curse, 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 Elder Sign. Yeah, yeah. We were counting down the difficulty as well. So it was like, oh, yeah. you're, still, you're four over. Okay, now you're yeah. two over. Okay, now yeah. you're even. Oh, no, yeah. now you're two under. Yeah, and then Elder Signs pass and pull it off, which is just fantastic. Auto success, again, is lovely. It is conditional. You need an exhausted enemy there. But it just really encouraged me to think about how Kaimani almost always wants first action to evade something and have something evaded so that they can then either go on with their day or plan to engage and and deal with them. There might even be scope for a sort of pairing Kaimani with someone with handcuffs mm-hmm. so that Kaimani then has a pocket exhausted enemy to take around with them, maybe. Yeah. A little bit like Trish in that regard. I can see that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. What else do we want to cover? We've done what ideas we wanted to explore and how was playing them, I think. You've asked about what it was like sitting opposite them. I suppose the bigger picture here is what did we learn from this initial investigation of two investigators? What, if anything, did we learn? I think, for me, the seeing how solid Kaimani was at enemy management just by themselves... Mm-hmm. I think that's that was that was really good. I mean, I, I knew they'd be good at doing it, but to, to mm-hmm. kind of see it in action, I think it was fantastic. Mm. It was really nice. I tell you what was really nice is I, I'm not normally a big fan of this kind of proxy and play before the cards come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with the two investigators we used, I'm better prepared to put the, the faction cards in the three factions uh, in the context of the investigators who can use them. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if when, when a rogue, there's a rogue card, I can look at it and say, okay, well, I can see how that works or doesn't work in Kaimani now. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's like you've got a peg on which to hang your takes about this particular <laughs> cards. Does this card belong in Kaimani? Yes, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kaimani, the other thing I feel like I learned about them was that they have an odd stat line. The, I was thinking about this today. Two combat and two intellect in rogue. The only other rogue I can think of that has that well is Preston, obviously. But then Safina has the twos in the intellect combat in the kind of I guess they're the progressive stats, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So there's something odd there, I think, and there's definitely scope for boosting Kaimani's intellect more because they use their intellect to deal with exhausted enemies. And I didn't run really any intellect boosts. And I think if I were building another Kaimani deck, I'd want to lean a lot more maybe with Lona Santiago, which is obviously boosting intellect and agility, or just thinking about, well, what else can I be running around intellect? Particularly because I wasn't trying to get clues. I wasn't really thinking about it. But I think if I were to solo Kaimani, I maybe would want to be using Thieves' Kit or Lockpicks or maybe even Damning Testimony. And at that point, I start thinking about intellect a lot more. And to intellect, it's not a problem, but it's a hurdle, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worth yeah. consideration. And because it does double duty with enemy management, that incentivizes boosting it even more. Maybe Kaimani would like Jeanne Beauregard. That's intellect and agility boosting and gives you enemy manipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really nice, actually. Yeah, I like that. My gut feeling was that static boosts was something that Kaimani needed counter to actually Daryl, um, who can probably get away with, with very few. 
Mm -hmm. Just because the difficulty of some of those tests, if you're dealing with... Now, now, the, the problem is there's no... If you fail that test, there's no, there's no way... Hmm, what am I trying to say here? It's kind of all or nothing, isn't it? Mm. You can mm. have several bites of the cherry, but if there's a six health enemy at your location, it's not like you can whittle down its health by fighting it. Yeah. Or have someone evade yeah. it and then you all wait on it for a couple of turns. You're asking me to pass a test by six. Yeah, yeah. If um, I pass by five, it's not enough. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and all you've done at that point is wasted an action evading an enemy who's already evaded. Yeah, yeah. So it is all or nothing in that way. Very rogue in that way. Yes. And there's no way to deal with elite enemies. Mm-hmm. That's that so you side option. You need, you need some way of dealing with I mean I mean and that's fine, you know, you can run backstab, right? And backstab yeah. with Chuck is, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But to get back to my original point, if 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 you're dealing with like say let's say a six health enemy. Yeah. What is your intellect is two, two, yeah, and your agility is five, yeah. So you're on seven with those two stats. You need to pass a test by six mm-hmm. in order to get rid of that six health enemy. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about an enemy that's t- even even to evade, that's eight plus the bag might be two. So you want that stat to be up sort of beyond ten, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. what you don't want to Luckily, do is, there aren't is, too many six health enemies. That well, that too, there's not, yes, no. Um, point taken. But yeah, exactly. And, you know, but, but you know, the, the, it's the sum of the health and the, the evade, isn't it? Yes. So yeah. a four health enemy with a four evade is, is the, so you have the same problem. Yeah. Kaimani adds their intellect to their agility, but for their ability, essentially the enemy adds their health to their evade. So yeah. it sort of works out evenly. I think the other thing it really illustrated for me is that you can take a good generic deck like this rogue Chuck Fergus deck and put in another rogue, particularly because Kaimani has five agility, so it looks like a good fit. But of course, the last time I ran that deck, I was running it in Winnie and I ran lots of skills. And that's how you get the boosts, because you're not getting necessarily a boost from Chuck, or not always anyway, and you're certainly not getting a stat boost. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really obvious here that because I'd run a few other bits and pieces rather than just piling in the skills, although I did run a fair few, that felt like it was really missing. And there's that other card as well, isn't there? Daring Maneuver. <laughs> Play when you succeed a test and you get plus two to your skill value. Yeah, yeah. I did, you know, I did think about this, but haven't mentioned it. I just I thought of it as we were talking then. It's like the succeed by five when it's not enough. Hmm. That's when Daring Maneuver kicks in. I have run Daring Maneuver before for succeed by X weapons in Tony. And I like it. It's fine. But it's a specific niche. Anyway, that leads us all down to if Kaimani's having these make or break tests, they probably or you probably want to build a deck for them that can spike high mm-hmm. and have some way of boosting. There might be another like money build as well where they get rich partly from pickpocketing people and then they've got well connected for big boosts potentially yeah yeah and what have we learned about the butterfingers style if anything um i'm sort of hesitant to pass comment on that it worked well with the combination of cards i drew in the order i drew them and in <laughs> the way i was able to play them and 
most importantly in the scenario that we were playing. Yeah. Which got to the scenario got to a certain point and then spending all your clues wasn't a thing. You didn't have mm. to spend it wasn't gated behind spend all the clues that are available. Gather and then spend all yes. the clues that are available. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, gather these clues and then you invest them to make your life more easy in ways mm-hmm. you see fit. Mm-hmm. So I would want to reserve judgment until I'd played some more scenarios with it in mm-hmm. some in some mm-hmm. varying campaigns just to see how that works. It's not even a Sex Panther situation, is it? It's <laughs> no. not 60% of the time it works every time. It's 100% of the one time you work, run it. <laughs> it worked really well. I, I think, but the other thing is, I wasn't able to pull off tricks like kind of... I, I, well, that's a lie. I did. I, <laughs> at one point, it was a four-shroud location with two clues on it. You picked up one clue and then shot off somewhere. And then I moved into, in fact, what I did do is as you moved into a neighbouring location that I think had two shroud maybe, I played vantage point to bring the other clue into that location. Mm. Then I could Mm. move and play winging it with a deduction committed to get all three clues in one action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't remember where I was going with this. What what question do you ask me originally? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was Butterfingers any good? Yeah, okay, yeah. Or, yes. yeah, verdict, verdict is... What, what I was trying to get at is that I didn't get a chance to play much with this idea that you can use something like research notes to kind of launder, inverted commas, clues mm-hmm. from, from a high shroud location. So use your tricks and a lot of committed cards to pick up a small number of clues off a high shroud location, move mm-hmm. to a low shroud location, drop them for added effect, and then they're far easier to pick up in fact, mm. you can use research notes to scoop up a bunch of cl- clues at once. Yeah, that's a sort of different style. It's almost clues at range or moving clues that we've seen a little bit of. But I don't know if it's in your deck or it's just another way of, of playing Daryl. Research yeah. notes is just wild anyway. I mean, it, it, it doesn't care about the shroud or the location. So it's just, mm. here's an action. I'll spend the two evidence. That's two clues, yeah? I don't care. It's five shroud, mate. <laughs> give, <laughs> give me my clues. It says yeah. here in my notes that I get two clues. It's this weird sort of nombo with Daryl's ability as well because it's difficulty zero already. So there's no point in spending evidence on it, hmm. which is great because you're using the evidence for clues or for other things. I, I don't think I've got anything else to add, Frank. Neither do I. Yeah, I think what we really wanted to do was just share that we were excited playing these two investigators and we're really excited for the box. I think at the point this episode goes out, people will have their box So, of course, they might have lots of different impressions and opinions about these two investigators, but that's great. That's part of the excitement about new cards coming out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, guess, well, I'm going to say it'd be great to hear from folks once Mm. they've unpacked the box and and do any of our takes hold true if do they, uh, have we made any obvious errors? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I know there are people out there who really love Kaimani Jones and there are people out there who were really excited for Daryl Simmons. So there are bound to be people who've already explored each of these investigators in more detail than we have. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, we're all in it together and we're all exploring and welcome learning more. So if you want to get in touch with us, we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, Twitter, Designed by Humans and Patreon. And if you become a patron, you get access to our lovely Discord, which is a great place to come and chat about the game. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? 
I am Unitled Everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and a few other places. I'm also on Instagram as the.unitled. So yeah, please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm on Twitter as FB. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. So yeah, likewise, say hello. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.